Hello, everybody. My name is Brazil, and this is my third time trying to do this intro, but I'm excited because this movie I saw last night really impacted me. It's called The Unforgivable, starring Sandra Bullock and today's guest, Will Pullen, who was the antagonist of the movie. And while I wouldn't even say he's a full-on antagonist, I mean, you kind of were, but I like yeah. that it showed the different sides of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't, you weren't just some abstract bad guy. Well, that's the reasoning hope. behind it. Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, I, I watched it uh, here at my house with my mom and my mom was rooting for Steve. So <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know if that's everybody or just her. But yeah, the hope the hope is that he's not the bad guy. He's just a guy. What do you feel about that recent change in cinema that a lot of movies have started to show the backstory of the antagonist, whereas before it would just be bad guy doing bad things or must be stopped at all costs. But now we see it even in superhero movies and TV shows a lot. Like we're seeing both sides, the Joker, right? Where it's like mm -hmm. they're doing bad things, but also you kind of see their point. How do you feel yeah. about that? Yeah, uh, I think it's really exciting. You know, I think... Um, I mean, as an actor, it's I, I personally think playing the, you know, the bad guy is a lot more interesting than, um, you know, just being the, the guy that's like super nice and good. Yeah. You know what I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just feel like people are people are all really complicated, you know, so I think there's there's immense capacity for good and evil in all of us. So I, I think it's really interesting and really exciting that, you know, these, uh, you know, whoever it may be, these iconic characters, these iconic villains are getting, um, you know, a chance to be humanized and kind of a better, better chance to understand them a little bit. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. And when you first got uh, the call to do this movie, what was it like? What was the process like? Is this your first major feature? Um, this is this is my first uh, big uh, studio feature film. Um, I got the call. I was in New York. I was like out on, um, I was in like Times Square area and uh, I got a call from my agent because I made a tape for it like, uh, you know, a month before and just never heard anything. And that's sort of how it goes for uh, actors. You know, if, if, if you're lucky enough to be auditioning a lot, you make a lot of tapes and, and you don't right. hear back a lot most of the time. So I hadn't heard anything. So I got a call and, and my agent was like, yeah, you got the job. And I was like, I don't know what, what I was like, what job, you know? And she was <laughs> like, oh yeah, the unforgivable, you're the choice. And I thought it was like a prank or a joke. Like, it's it just like, you always kind of got to be ready for like the other shoe to drop when you're an actress. So I was like, right. Cause it's like, usually at least from where I'm at, I'm certainly not in a place where like people are just like offering you jobs. It's like, you gotta go and read, you gotta read again. You gotta read again. For the producers you got to read again for their producers and their moms and their cousins to make sure they're cool like so it was weird i was like oh, you know it was like sort of very uh i was like shocked a little bit um and then obviously like really excited i mean and um, when you were reading for it did you know that sandra was attached to the project i knew that uh at at the time i made the tape for it sandra bullock was attached um but none of the rest of the cast were so all, all, all i knew about the project was and this is a this is a script that that had been around for a long time uh, that okay. Graham Canning, the head producer, had been trying to get made for a long time. It's based on a BBC miniseries called The Unforgiven. Um, so it had been it had been kicking around, I think, for like uh, five or six years. Um, 
And they were making tons of changes, you know, like it was set in Boston, but they're like, they don't want to do Boston. They're moving it to Seattle. Um, yeah, because a lot so of people that, don't know that, that movie projects take a long time to come to fruition. Like a lot of oh, projects yeah. are in the development phase for years. Yeah, I worked with uh, this amazing playwright in New York whose name is Lynn Nottage. And, you know, she said something that I think is really true. Is like she said, anytime you get uh, whatever it is, a play, film, TV show, anything, anytime you can get anything made, it's a miracle. And yeah. I, I really do think that that's true. I, I, I start feeling that way now, especially, you know, because I've been doing music videos and commercials for like over a decade now, that when I see other people's projects, I'm a lot more lenient with how I judge them because I'm like, yo, just the fact that you got it made, yeah. <laughs> that you convinced yeah. people of yeah. your idea and got everybody together, that is so hard to do. Yeah, you walked in a room well. and yeah. somebody wrote you a check, like, you know, so I, I, I definitely agree. I think when you especially if you've been on the other side of the camera or tried to get things produced or made, I think you definitely have like, or you hope to have, I don't know. It's like, it depends on the day you get me. Right. But like the, the, hopefully the, the reaction you have, like when you see other people's work is like, that's awesome. You know, right, and you're just like, sure. you got something made. That's, that's, that's awesome. Um, and, but, but yeah, with it's powerful though. There's yeah. It's, this I mean, was, it was, it hit hard. It, 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 uh, I never actually, I didn't watch the miniseries. I didn't want to like, cause it's a, it's a English miniseries. So it's set in a much different, I think context than our, our film, you know, obviously being set in America. Um, but yeah, it was a crazy, it was a crazy process. And like the only people attached to the beginning were, were Sandra and Nora Fingscheid, the director. Um, and when I was further along, I got to see her film her feature which was a german film called system crash which is an amazing movie and uh, uh won a bunch of awards at the berlin film festival um and but i didn't know i mean and that would have been enough like i i just want to work you know what i mean so yeah, when sure. like i was just excited to be working let alone working with these two and then when we got closer to shooting I, the names just kept rolling in about who was signing on to do it it was like just like all these actors that I had, um, I just was like a huge fan, fan of, yeah. you know, and it's admired for a really long time. Like, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio, John Bernthal, Viola Davis. Like, it's just like, I, you know, I was like, Oh my God, fantastic uh, cast. Everybody, yeah. everybody hit it on the nail. And, um, and the twist, I mean, I guess without going too deep into a spoiler alert, the yeah. twist really got me. Like oh, yeah. my, my girl and I were watching it and we were already rooting for Sandra, even when we thought she was responsible, right? Yeah, when right, the twist right. came through, we were like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen a movie that deep done on like a streaming service in a while. You know, yeah. they, they've made good movies, but there's almost like a different quality sometimes between like, big theatrical releases versus stuff that's made just for Hulu or just for Amazon or just for Netflix. The quality is getting up there for sure, but this movie was like... Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, man, I really appreciate that. It's it's a, it's a really... Um, I think it's just an exciting time uh, to be in the business just because it's... I mean, from when I came in uh, eight years ago, age of dating myself a little bit, um, <laughs> everything's changed so much, you know? Yeah. And like... <laughs> 
there was, I mean, there was no streaming really when I first came in. I mean, Netflix, people were just talking about, right. Like Netflix shows were like just becoming a thing. And so now that these, this idea that like these amazing filmmakers and actors and teams are getting together and, you know, making these films to stream into people's houses. Like I, I think it's really exciting. Even as someone who loves, like, I love the experience of going to a movie you know, and yeah, um, I love, uh, you know, small indie art house uh, movie theaters like around the country. Like I'm a huge supporter <laughs> and proponent of them. Like there's one yeah. here in Chicago called the Music Box, which is like one of my favorite theaters. I've heard of that world. one. The Music Box. Is oh, awesome yeah, spot. man. It's amazing. You know, it's an amazing like so to go there. I think there's nothing like going there, you know, going in a theater with a bunch of other people and seeing a movie. But it is also really exciting, you know the possibilities of streaming and who's doing it it's it's all really really exciting yeah because back in the day uh there was such a differentiator in um hierarchy between tv and film right it was like if you did films you were like a movie star and it was like weird for you to step down to do tv stuff right because there's such a difference in production quality now you have tv shows that look better than movies like it's, it, it, yeah, it's that, everything that, is again that was like and that's all in the last eight years since i came into the business you know like I think I think like cable shows had really like I think when I was coming out of school like cable shows had become you know started becoming a thing like Mad Men had come out and you know like HBO was like obviously making really great like content and stuff but like it still was like you know you had the actors that were like no I'm I'm a you know I'm a film I do films you know I don't do television yeah whereas now yeah I think the lines are so but it it seems more now that it's just like TV has just become another way to tell a story you know if you want to kind of extend out a story into like a 8 12 episode arc you know the tv kind of gives yeah. you the opportunity to do that to really so develop like, a character really over time yeah it's really nuts you know and that again that that was not the way you know people be like oh you're going you know you're going to do a tv show like you're going to go do that like you know it's like there was <laughs> The but yeah, kind of went I, away. Now it's like, oh, you got a show? Yeah, it's like, yo, you're working at Amazon? That's crazy. You know, like, um, yeah, so it's it's all the whole thing. It's just like, it's it's really um, how much everything has changed. And then, you know, in the last two years or three years, how much has everything has changed yeah. and changed? You know, did so you guys like, shoot this during the pandemic? We did. Yeah, we shot, um, we started in March of 2020. Or no, we started, sorry, the, the last day of January um, in 2020. So right before the pandemic. Right. Um, and uh, we shot up in Vancouver. Um, so we had shot about, and I was living in New York at the time. So like I had gone up there for like two and a half weeks and did some shooting and had gone back to New York for a week and then um, flew back to Vancouver with a pretty small bag of stuff um because i was only supposed to be up there for like three weeks yeah um little did i know that (laughs) that was in march of 2020 so we 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 had just started hearing about like this thing happening over in in china and like you know a lot of people were like oh it's all you know it's getting blown up out of proportion um, I remember having some a conversation with someone on the crew who was there when we came back after the six month hiatus, and I was like, "Yo, Pam, you remember when you told me this would be like this was all a hoax?" Like, uh, and so they shut. We shut down for two weeks, uh, and it was supposed to be for two weeks, but they stressed 
that the Americans, anyone that wasn't from Canada should get out of Canada and go home. Um, and I flew, Did that throw I off up, the whole production schedule? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were about half. I think they're about halfway done at that time. And then so I flew back to Chicago, uh, was only going to stay here for a bit, ended up staying here for six months. Yeah. Um, giving up my place in New York City, uh, putting my stuff in storage, and I've, I've been living here. I'm still here right now. I'm in I'm in my mom's place in suburbs of Chicago right now. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then so we went back six months later, um, and they tried to reach basically, you know, they tried to finish, but um, the actor who played my brother Tom Guyry, uh, uh you know, you could tell in the film, he had a issue with a, a, a disease he'd been struggling with since he was a kid where it's like causes facial paralysis. So when he got up there, uh, his fa- half of his face uh, became paralyzed. Um, oh, so that wasn't obviously... like planned in the movie. That happened. No, to him that like... was not. That was that was not planned. So he, he got up there and his second day in quarantine, he woke up and he couldn't move half of his face. Um, so they kind of, and I mean, what they did was really amazing. I mean, it was amazing because at this, at this time, this was pre vaccines, you know, so we were going up there, you know, and just had to be really care. You know, it was like a really scary time and they, we basically had to reshoot everything with him and me, you know, we had to just reshoot. Oh, because you couldn't have him have half the movie with the face one way. Yeah. Yeah. So like we probably, we pretty much had to go back and reshoot everything. So it was like, we were there for another two months in the fall of 2020. Um, And that's sort of when we finished the film, like September to November. How did you like working with Sandra Bullock? Uh, It it was amazing. Uh, She was, um, I'd heard a lot of really great things. um, And a lot of people that I told, um, uh, you know, that I was working with her on the film, everyone just said the most amazing things, you know, like the great, like that she's so awesome, so chill. Um, and she just, yeah, she lived up to all that. She was super, um, just super kind to everybody. And also I think for her, she was wearing a lot of different hats. Like she was a producer um, and also trying to be the lead actor on this film. And I think, I think usually that's probably not as like a heavy a bird. I think you know that's quite common. I feel like in, in Hollywood that the the lead is is also has a production company and is one of the people producing it. But in the time of coronavirus, trying to make a film yeah. and being responsible for a crew of two hundred and fifty people, um, yeah. it's a Big lot. Responsibility, yeah, yeah, it's a huge responsibility. And she just handled it with such grace. She was so kind. Looks out for everybody, like nice to everybody, top to bottom. What was your very first time meeting her in person? My first time. Did you guys do like a table read in person or were you guys zooming that? I think we did do a table read, but I'm not sure if Sandra had gotten up there at that point. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I feel like we had a dinner. I feel like we had a dinner. Okay. Where where I met everybody, where I met everybody, because a lot of times, you know, because I come from theater in New York, you know, that's where I, when I, first started i mostly did plays uh in new york so it's like it's a weird thing about doing a film is like a lot of times it's not everybody together all the time you know it's like you can work on a film with somebody like I, we could work on a film together i could never see you, the whole shoot and you know because our scenes might not intersect yeah it was like we meet at the rap party i'm like oh i love what you did <laughs> you know, like, i see your stuff the first time the same yeah. time as everyone else so i think we met 
like at a dinner. I think it was at a dinner. Um, After you know, the project had already started or pre -show? We had started, yeah, we had started and we were doing kind of pre-production stuff. Like, uh, you know, you do, we got up there like a week, a week and a half before we started shooting and mm -hmm. you do like fittings. And uh, at the time I had to learn how to ride a motorcycle um, or was trying to learn how to ride a motorcycle. Uh, I mean, I remember the first, the first real memory I have of that whole project was the first day, the first, um, the first shot, the very first day, the first take, the first shot was supposed to be me getting on this motorcycle and riding away, uh, very quickly, which I think, which is in the film it is not me. The, 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 what ended up in the film is, is a really awesome stunt guy named Leaf who, who he, he did all that, but so it was like the first, the very first day and I was, I hadn't slept. I was really nervous and it was, you know, I had had like four days on a bike. I'd never ridden a motorcycle before, before I'd gotten to Canada and like, uh, also they were training weird. you to ride it for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got um, and you um, sleep the night before the first shoot. No, man, I was so nervous yeah. and, and I was like, you know, and I'd done okay. We had, I learned, you learn in a parking lot, you know what I mean? So it's like in the parking right. lot, I did fine. You know, I was like, oh yeah, you get on, you start. But like, you know, when we pulled up to where we were shooting in that house, um, there was like 200 people with these like neon vests. And I was like, oh shit, man. Like, you yeah. know, and there's like Graham King over there and Sandra Bullock and there's Nora. I was like, oh my God. And I was so nervous. And we tried, you know, and, and Sandra, uh, we met we met again and you know she kind of made the speech to the whole crew but you know everyone was kind of like yeah like you know first day we're gonna kick ass all this mm -hmm. stuff and um that must have been a very cool, cool moment it was it that was cool in the very and then so the very first take i crashed the bike i got in a bad really bad really accident like on the very it was the very literally the very first thing i did on the film was get on this <laughs> like ten thousand dollar bike and like crash the Did bike was totally. i i ended up fracturing both wrists and oh, uh but no. was able to continue but like the first thing that i remember when i sat up from this crash was this woman like sprinting up the street uh and it was sandra like you know <laughs> she was like running out to me made sure i was okay and like because for me it was like i'm a young actor who just like you know the biggest like imagining like in my bed the night before i'm stressed out like i didn't even imagine in my like scenarios of how i can mess up like this one was like too big to even imagine that right and it's, and this is like a bullock slow motion running towards yeah, you. Like, <laughs> like, you know and this was like the first thing that had happened and she wow. was just like what an icebreaker yeah and i thought you know it's like you know i feel like actors like we think we're gonna get fired all the time so it's like i was like lying there I didn't know if I had like broke my, I didn't know what had happened, you know, but I was assumed I was going to get fired. I was like, oh, that's it. Like, I, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to fly back to New York and right. figure this out. But she was just so, she came to me and didn't even, you know, she was just like, came and like made sure I was okay. And was like, you know, if you want to go to the hospital, whatever you want to do, like, we're going to do, we're going to take care of you. We got your back. And like, it just like made me feel just so uh, safe you know and so then after that that kind of kept going that like i always remember that you know it's like for somebody and i had caused the and remember like every day of production you know it's like a day of production is money you know yeah. so i was like if we stop for half a day that's a lot of money you know and they don't have time to do that so it's like she so i knew you know that she cared more about 
me being okay than like the bottom line of the film. That's uh, a that's a rare and beautiful feeling to have from. Uh, oh yeah, and and I felt that from every. I mean, I feel like from everybody, but like particularly from Sandra. Like I always remember that. Like yeah, always. You know, so it was really great. And then and then you work with her, and she's just a you know she's a total badass pro act. You know, like amazing actor, like just great instincts. Um, and an amazing scene partner, really generous. Um, yeah, yeah, so, so it was like, of the scenes that you had with her directly, what was that process like? Do you and her rehearse separately? Is that a team thing? Like, what's the actual process? It was, um, I, the process is always different with every project. Um, and I think with even from scene to scene, you know, there were certain scenes, uh, that we would get together and, and because when we were you know when we the second time when we came back from shooting a, a new writer had come and they had done a new revision of the script okay i think for a lot of reasons but because you know the 2020 we had left and the 2020 we were entering back into i think just culturally were very different you know a yeah. lot of things had happened and like i feel like you know, it, it just like, you can't not talk, you know what I mean? Like, you can't like not sure. talk about that stuff, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's like, like coronavirus, George Floyd had happened, all the protests, like everything. Um, so they had done a lot of rewriting. So when we came back, uh, we would get together. We, she wanted to get together a lot and work with Nora and whoever was in the seat kind of and rehearse, which, you know, I come from a theater background, so I love rehearsal. So I was like, yeah you know, like, yes, like, uh, always, like, I always <laughs> want to rehearse, but most of the time it's not like that. And a lot of times it's like, you know, like my first TV job, it's like, you show up and you kind of just like, you're there for the day. You don't yeah. know who anybody is. You wake up at like three in the morning and, and go there and you meet all these people. And then they put you somewhere and they're like, all right, this is, uh, this is Carrie. She's going to be whoever she's the lady. All right. Like we're going to shoot in like two minutes. Are you guys ready? Like we're just getting the lighting ready and go. And like, you're just like, where am I? So this was a lot more gradual, you know, we got to work through things, work together, work through drafts, kind of like see how they felt. Were you guys uh, shooting like five days a week? Is it like a nonstop shoot or is it like they, they, Yeah, well, the... you know, the, the movie goes like five. You know, they, they shoot generally Monday to Friday. Sometimes they do weird schedules where it's like Wednesday to Monday and whatever. But it's usually five. It's five days a week. But, you know, for an actor, it's like unless you're Sandra Bullock in The Unforgivable, it's like you're not called every day, you know, so it's like. Right. Um, so it's just a downtime. You have a lot of, yeah, that's like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's this weird. It was the first time I'd ever been. Oh, that's not true, but it's the first, you know, it, it, figuring out how to deal with the downtime. <laughs> working on a project that's like, it's really dark. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's this weird thing where it's also like Vancouver is a beautiful city. Uh, so it's like, you know, you try to do things that like both like, you know, invigorate you, but also you're like, you kind of got to like stay in the mode of the film, which is like a really kind of dark place to be at. Yeah. So it's like, you little, you it can't go from strange. like Chuck E. Cheese to go shooting a scene like that. No, you know, right. You and, to... <laughs> it's hard. I mean, like, you know, the Pacific Northwest, I think is amazing. Like it's an amazing, you know, beautiful, beautiful place. And when we went up there in the winter before we went on the hiatus, like I, it, it was the first time, I, like, cause I love, I'm a huge fan of Nirvana. 
Okay. And uh, have been since I was in like seventh grade. And uh, I went up there and after like a week, I kind of was like, oh, now I, I get it. I really get, you know what I mean? Because the, the, the moodiness like, of the music. Oh, well, the, the place, it's just like, it was gray yeah. and it rained. It, yes. it was just like, and I, there's just like this loneliness to it, you know, that yes. I think helped us for shooting. And when we went back, it was like, it, you know, it was like kind of nice and like, it was like kind of sunny and you're just like, it, it was a little weird, but it's a lot to navigate. I feel like, um, what was your process for your character? Um, when um, you were doing the most intense scenes, like, like the, like the final scene with you, Sandra, and uh, Katie's sister, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, like for something where you have to be that intense, what what do you literally do to put yourself in that state? Like um, day of? You... Yeah, that the, that was a really hard, so we shot that for two days uh, in this concrete, it, it was on a soundstage. They kind of built that room uh, on a soundstage in Vancouver. And yeah, those were the, that was the two hardest days of the shoot. I would, I would probably say those were, those were two really long, like 14 hour days where we, we just did that scene for like two days straight, for like 14 hours. Just kept know, redoing so. it. And, um, yeah. So like for me, um, I, I'm not like a, a, a meth, like a methody, you know, like, or maybe I, I don't know, but like, for me, it's like when you're doing something like that, where it's like, you have to be in a really dark place um you know i kind of communicated to uh the pa who was kind of because of covid you were kind of assigned a person who would because everybody had to be separate which for this was really helpful you know i, I think for me is like when i have to do something like that i kind of have to be off by myself um and like not really talking to other people and just kind of like trying to stay um kind of stay in it i don't know a better way to say it is like it, yeah. it, 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 it's hard when you're going to a really dark place like that's like or at least for me i mean some actors don't do it this way but for me it's like it's hard to go into a dark place like that and then just like pop out and like be at crafty and like be talking about oh like dude did you see monday night football it was amazing blah, 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 like and then go back so for me it's like i kind of have to stay in that place and so whatever i can do you know i communicated to yanku as the pa that i was working with i was like hey man like the next two days like i'm not gonna you know i'm not really gonna talk to anybody i'm just gonna have headphones in like it's not a personal like but i just kind of gotta like be separate and he was like totally so he kind of helped me facilitate that where he would just what were you listening to what was i listening to uh did, i think it was some nirvana i mean there was a lot of metallica it was just like really okay. dark you got a playlist um, for it yeah really, oh yeah man like i you know i uh, like it was just like really dark is it like when you go through a breakup and you're feeling sad already, so you put on more sad songs and movies? Dude, it is. Like, yeah, let's it, just it, it stay is. in here. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like, yeah, it's like whatever you can do. It's just like whatever you can do to, I don't know a better way. I'm not really wording it well, but to like stay in it. You know what I mean? You just like to not break, you know what I mean? Because a lot of times you're working and it's like you do the scene and it's like, you know, it's like, all right, we got that angle. We got to take 30 minutes to move the camera, turn the camera around, change the lighting, whatever. So it's like, there's a lot of breaks. So it's like, you don't want to be like, you know, if you're on a treadmill, you don't want to be running at nine and then kind of like go back down to three and gradually work up to nine, you know, yeah. for the first couple of takes when you come back, it's like, you want to come back and be at nine. Like you want to come back and like the first take be like there. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I took a lot of space away from other people 
um there was a lot of music and it was just a lot of walking around like i would go back and do you think of sad stuff particularly do you draw from personal memory i'm not gonna ask you specifics but like do you think of like oh that one time jenny dumped me in high school like that kind of stuff or is it more like abstractly channeling a frequency of pain i think i think it's i think it's both you know i think um i think there is a lot of um there's a lot of being introspective and kind of using your own experience and bringing it to a role but it's it's hard to explain it's not something where like i'm like you know i think about you know when i was a kid and my parents got divorced uh, and i think about that and then i go in and do a scene you know for me it's like a lot of images you know it's like sensory images you know so it's like kind of if real I'm gonna, or imagined uh, both both. I think both. Um, I mean, if you're far along in a process, like we were at that time, like I could kind of use imagined images that I had found because I had gotten to know Tom who played my brother and I met the woman who played our mom and I had been in on the set where our house was. So I kind of had in my body like, oh, this was the house, this was the apartment, these were the pictures, you know, but also you yeah you use like real memory you know and whatever memories you choose like i think for all of us have you know darkness and hard things and difficult things that happen so it's like it's it's really taking the the sensory elements of those times so it's like how did the room you know it's like you know i don't think about like oh my parents got divorced that was hard it's like i think about um what did the what did the gate in Nashville, Tennessee, when I was seven, look like, sound like, smell like, like what what did it, what were the sounds when I was walking through the, the tunnel to get on the plane when I would fly away, you know, like stuff like that. Right, what right. did the light look like when the plane was pulling out oh, from the jet? You're like trying to visualize the things that would trigger you to be back in that moment almost. Yeah, you know, and- um, Okay, that's interesting. So it's like you kind of use Cause like, I, I'm really fascinated by the human brain. I think it's an amazing, <laughs> and as an actor, like it's, it's good to like, it's an interesting thing to like learn about. So it's like, it is like the way our brain works, like within the sensory parts of our brain, like it holds emotion with it. Yeah. So it's like, it's like when you eat that whatever and you're like, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm back in my grandma's house. Cause she baked mm -hmm. something that tasted just like that. So it's like using stuff like that. And also, yeah, I think imagination is huge. You know, you so for me- think about how that relates to, sorry to cut you off because you just got no, me no. so inspired with that. Do you ever think about how that relates to psychology and therapy? In that, is there much of a difference between what we have to do to channel sadness for a scene in the movie versus what we kind of involuntarily do when we're feeling sad about a situation anyway? Because you can't feel something if you don't focus on it, right? right? So like you could be at Disneyland, but you get text that's bad news and you interpret it a certain way and you focus on everything that's bad about that text. You could have the worst time ever at Disneyland, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, I've always thought about the correlation between that, between acting and therapy almost. Yeah. Like where do you draw the line? Obviously, because you know it's fake, but you still have to draw. You still have to put yourself in a situation where tears are coming out and you're, oh, you're probably sure. experiencing think... real anger momentarily, right? It's a huge, 
I think there's tons of overlap. I mean, I think the main difference, at least for me, is I I I, I do therapy. I've I've been going to therapy for a very 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 long time. <laughs> um, I think a lot of actors and artists you talk to also, uh, um, you know, are in therapy. I think honestly, I just think everybody should be in therapy. I think it's a really good thing to like kind of, you know, go somewhere and you know just kind of talk through your feelings and your problems. I, really I guess more so way. what I was, what I was asking was, do you, do you see the similarity of like, okay, if you know you have to be sad and angry for a scene tonight that you're filming, there are going to be certain things you're going to do today to put you in the mood to be sad and angry for the scene tonight, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Could we reverse engineer that and say, well, in my personal life, if I'm sad and moody today, I probably also did some prep for that. I think, yeah, I think like, do, do you I know think, what I mean? Yeah. When you're, when you're, yeah. Like, like when, when I'm you're, actually sad in real life, I probably did similar things that you did to prepare for a sad scene. I probably yeah, was well, talking to friends, listening to sad music. In a scene. Yeah. Like, you know, there might be a scene for that, that scene, for example, or whatever, where you're like shouting and you're angry and you're super pissed off. That's like sort of a, that's not a beginning. Right. Like that, right. that, that is a result of things that have happened all through here. Right. Like, yes. so for an actor, that's, that's what the process is, is like, how do I, how do I get myself to that point? And I know, you know, actors do it all, all sorts of different ways. Right. Like, but it, yeah. it, so it is, I think to go back to your original question, I think it is like the process of doing therapy and the emotions and the things it brings up in you are very similar to what an actor has to do. But I think the main difference is like therapy is something like that's self-care that I do for myself. Right. And ultimately I think when you're working on a project, the idea of it is that it's for somebody else, you know, it's like, we're making this for the viewer. Right. Um, um, it's not for me, you know? So like, I think that's where the difference is, but like it's tons of the same. I mean, it's like why I love, I think, you know, being an actor is like your job is to examine and try to understand the human experience. Like what, like that's it. People for centuries have been trying to figure that out, you know? So right. it's like, it's a huge task. Um, that's what really, made you want to get into acting? I, I mean, I think I, I started when I was pretty young, my mom put me in an acting class. Um, I think I just had a big imagination when I was a kid and would run around and do voices and do characters. And like, I would watch movies and then like redo the scenes from the movie or like read books and kind of redo the scenes out of a book. And, you know, I wanted to do some other class. My mom put me in an acting class actually and at our local rec center when I was like seven or eight. Um, and it just was like, I, I went there and was like, oh, it's just a weird thing. That's like when something clicks in a place where you're like, oh, yeah, this is like, I, this feels right. You know, I don't really know how, you know, but like, I think everybody's had that experience where it's like, oh, you're like, oh, this feels, yeah, like this feels what, like I'm supposed to be doing this. When did you realize the difference between it being like a fun hobby that you want to do to a career path? I mean... Or was it career path mindset the whole way? I think maybe deep down. I, I think like, I think I knew for a long time it was something I really loved and 
I was I was good at. Um, and um, like you weren't planning on acting and then getting like an accounting degree on the side, right? Like no, like, I I just it was like I think deep down it's like what I always knew I wanted to do. Like I I didn't I could never imagine myself doing anything else and being happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's still true today. I mean, there's things. <laughs> there's a lot of things about the business and the job that like are really hard. And I find like really frustrating and can be really difficult. But like I, to this day, like I wouldn't be happy doing anything else. Like I know that. So I think I always knew that. I think when I got maybe towards the end of high school, you know, when I was like looking at going to college and it was like, if I wanted to go to school for acting or just kind of go to school. And once I had made the decision that I wanted to go, study acting at college I think at that point I was like this is what I want to do and I'm gonna like make it go I'm gonna really make it go at this yeah. what was your first job uh, acting uh job. my first professionally where you got paid money to do it uh my first acting job uh, even if it New was York. like 50 bucks if, like even if it was like a local play what was the first time dollar amount it, it was it was it was in it was in new york city it was my first acting job was uh at rattlestick playwrights theater in new york um in uh, a play by lucy thurber uh that was part of a cycle of plays called the hilltown cycle it's called scarcity um directed by daniel talbot who i met in new york who's now he's my family um he, and that's like a recurring time. gig right like when you do that you're booked for like a whole run yeah, so like a we, we it, it, you do like three months. It's like three months. It's like a three month gig. And like at the time, I had no idea. It, you know, we were doing five plays in a cycle at five different theaters in the West Village um, in New York. And like at the time, I, you know, I, it was pretty new to New York. I was like 22. And I was like, I had no idea at the time that like what I was doing was like unprecedented and would be one of the greatest like artistic experiences of my life. You know, like <laughs> that comes like in hindsight after you do a lot like of shittier jobs where you're like, where there's a lot of ego and other things involved. Like it was the most amazing thing. And I'd like just moved to New York and it's like, you would be running and you'd go and, you know, run 15 minutes up the way and go to see the other play. Like it was just really cool. And like, and those people, yeah, like Daniel Talbot, you know they became my family they are my family and it, it, i was just like young in new york and it was a really exciting it was a really really cool time in my did life, I, yeah. at the time when you got that job did it feel validating like oh yeah i'm definitely doing this professionally yeah yeah it was uh <laughs> i i remember where i was i was living in washington heights at the time i was on 189th street and i was walking to the planet fitness uh by dykeman street uh and uh i was at the 7-eleven and uh that's where i got the call that i got the job and i literally screamed i i screamed i like it was like a war cry <laughs> and uh, i said like fuck yeah, fuck yeah like yeah. yeah and the person behind the thing was like yo dude you gotta like he's like you gotta go you know what I mean? <laughs> you gotta get out of here i was like dude i don't it's crazy guy I, yelling <laughs> yeah so it was like i went in to get like a like a gatorade or something and, um, but it, it definitely felt i mean i just felt really lucky you know because i and i was really lucky like i had been in new york at that time i think for like three months or two and a half months and Wow. I, I had been catering and, you know, I knew people who had been in New York for 10 years who hadn't had an opportunity like that, that I, that I knew were really, really talented. Yeah. You know, I knew tons of people that were amazing 
artists that just weren't working, you know? So like to get a shot that young was really, I just felt really lucky. It definitely felt like I was like, oh yeah, this is, this feels right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's amazing, man. Um, a question I wanted to ask you is how do you survive without social media? I, I would flip the question and say, how do I thrive without social media? Okay. No, um, okay. no, you know, like I, it's, you know, I went off social media. It was like during the pandemic. I think it was um, like a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And uh, I don't know, like for me, like I'm not one of those people that thinks like social media is the, enemy like that instagram is this big evil thing i mean facebook obviously like with the things coming out now like some questionable stuff there but like i think it's like anything else in the world right like it can it can be a force of enormous good and like amazing things can happen and i think people can connect and meet people and all these things like i think great things can happen on social media and i think it's also a very can be a very toxic place yeah that's really hard to navigate and for me, I think it's just a, it's a personal thing. Like for me personally, all the things people would say, like social media was great for, like that was not my experience on social media. Like my mm. experience on social media was that it fueled um, my envy, my jealousy, my um, yes feelings of not having good feelings about myself. Like mm-hmm. that was all fueled on my being on social media. And like my general especially into the pandemic when things got very political, you know, it was just like, it was either like people shouting into a vacuum or shameless self-promotion. And I, and I just like, yeah, I just, it, it, for me, I was just like, I can't, I mean, the world was already so messed up and things were so hard. I was like, this is like, I'm done. I can't, yeah. you know, I don't. And I certainly wasn't, again, like I wasn't using it in a way where it's like, cause I know people who, whose whole business is on social media and they like, they need social media to promote. Right. And I shouldn't say shameless self-promotion because it's not true. I mean, some people, you know, you need no, but, to but, but some, but you're right. But some are, they're definitely, yeah, it's, what you're it's, saying it's is both. True. And I, and did, I did your agent who's... give you shit for getting off social media? No, really? Uh, no, That's never, never heard anything. I mean, I let them know. And I mean, that's why I love, I mean, I've been working with my reps. They came to see me in that play actually in, uh, in New York. Uh, oh, wow. And, it was eight years ago. So we've, we've been working together eight years. And, um, I mean, at the time I didn't say any of this stuff. I just, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, you want to work together? Like, yes. But like now, you know, they know that like, they're very much about like letting you be the artist you want to be, you know? And it's like, I, I mean, you're certainly booking jobs. (laughs) He got one. It's like, I just, it's again, like for me personally, like it's not good for my mental health. It's not good for, for me to be on there, you know? And like, that's very smart. That's very smart of you. Well, it makes, it makes certain things more difficult, right? Like I'm a young, like single person living in a city. So it's like trying to meet people and not being on social media. Like it makes certain things more difficult, but for me, it's like, I'm willing to you know, that's, that's, I'm willing to do that because it's like, I know for me, it's like, it's just not a place that's good for me to be on, you know? So, but you know, again, like I know people whose whole, their whole business is on there and it's how they, it's how they get work. It's how they do work. And yeah, you know, well, well, that's, that, that's a challenge for me because I, 
a company that I own uh, where we sell a lot of master classes online is on social media. So a lot of times I can um, excuse it to myself as in I'm not on social media, I'm working. And then, but I'm on it anyway. And it's like, I'm working, but then I'm scrolling. And then before you know well, it, hours yeah. go by. And it's like, what the yeah. fuck am I doing here? Like, it, it, you just yeah. do, it's, have well, you seen that, that the, the social dilemma? I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's like life changing kind of it, stuff. It, yeah. it, it explains like what, you know, like from the, you know, from the marketing perspective, like these things are designed to keep us addictive. Like yeah. even if you haven't checked Instagram in a while, it knows that you used to date this girl. So it'll give you a notification of her photo first to trigger your emotions. Or if they know yeah. that you're pro this person, it'll show you a notification of somebody you hate just to make you say, oh, fuck this person. And it's like, it, it knows that. It's tracking that. It's um, yeah. it's such a weird double-edged sword because it is a technology that allowed me to grow my business, but I feel it taking a, a toll on my mental health. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, I think it's, again, it's like a personal thing for everybody to navigate. Yeah. And my, like my sister, my little sister in LA is like, uh, she, you know, she's a social media influencer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, we, we are kind of <laughs> like polar opposites on the spectrum and like, again like for her it's like a it's important for her business and she, it's how she connects with people and she kind of thrives uh, you know using it and i don't and i think that's okay you know like i think everybody just kind of yeah a lot of people's like i know a lot of people were like that sounds awesome like i actually don't have that option because like i have to be on there for work and like yeah so it's like it's, it's just like and for me is like i had the chance and i was just like yo i don't i can't it was when I think when things were really bad with Israel and Palestine and I was just like all the things I was reading on there, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't, you know, yeah. people taking this like immensely complicated issue and trying to like dilute it into 150 characters. I was like, I can't. And I, you know, people I love were like screaming at each other from across the country or online. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And it also, to me, mostly like in the pandemic, the pandemic was really a time to like, kind of, you know, I think for everybody, you sort of took stock of your relationships. So were all these mm -hmm. people that I was like, Oh yeah, like there were super tight. And my friend, like we're, we're so close. And then I was like, I don't know that we are, you know, like I see them every, a lot because I scroll and see them on social media and like, I can click and like their photo. And I feel like I'm a part of their life. But for me is like that connection wasn't but, but, but you're you know, not really I, a part of their each other's lives. It's like, no, it seems you know, like it's you like are. your friend yeah. goes on a trip and they post the photos and I like it. And I feel like all of a sudden we've had some sort of intimate um, connection about that. But we haven't like I didn't hear about your trip. I didn't call you and ask you, how was the trip? What was it like? What did you do? What did you see? Like, I just know these little snapshots. Yeah. So it, it really was kind of it helped me get closer to the people that I really loved like and it makes me work harder to it's like no I gotta pick up the phone I at least the text right like it's like how are you doing what's going on or like pick up the phone so I, I found it immensely helpful a lot of people love it and are still on it. I think that's cool too like it's just a personal personal thing for sure to each their own right there was this uh this meme I saw on the internet that said um we used to use the internet to escape the real world and now we use the real world to escape the internet I like that. Yeah. It's true. It's true, yeah. man. It's like anytime you can, you feel like you were like present any, or at least for me is like, if I feel like I'm in a situation where I feel really present and like, I've just like really experienced something. I'm like, Oh, that was great. You yeah. know, like I often forget to take photos because I'm too in the moment. And I like that. You know, if anything, what I have done is when I visit my family and I'm having like 
uh, kitchen dining room conversations with my mom and my sisters is I'll just roll my phone for like 10 minutes and just like capture the whole conversation just for me, you know? I like I like yeah. doing that stuff, but for social media, most of the stuff I do, I uh I just forget to take a photo. I'm too in it. You know what I mean? Especially because professionally, mm -hmm. I'm always behind the camera. So then when I get to like do something, I don't, right. don't want to yeah, also be like, looking I'm for an the, angle. Yeah. yeah like I'm, at the, I'm on the hike. I want to like look at the view. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a weird, I mean, because I went to, I remember I went to, this was several years ago. I went to Rome by myself and it was a weird balance. Like I found, I, I took a ton of pictures. Because, yeah. like, I, I'm a huge Roman history nerd, you know? So, okay. like, going to Rome, I was just like, yo, this was the place that the person, like, sat and got their head chopped off, like, 3,000 years ago. Like, I was just in heaven. So, I took a ton of pictures. And now, it was, like, I remember during the pandemic is, like, being able to access those, like, was very helpful. So, it's, like, all this weird, it's a, definitely a balance, man. I definitely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, thanks for, uh, for hopping on with this chat, man. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the movie. It was incredible. Um, normally, I just watch either like comedy or sci-fi. I don't usually watch dramas just because I deal with enough drama here in LA. But when I put this one on, it gave me a sense of um, of hope almost. Like because like the character, the story that 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 Sandra played. Uh, was a good character and i think your character was too and i think what it really highlighted was just how difficult the choices are that we have in life right even yeah. the father who got killed the police officer right he seemed like he was a good guy too like it showed a sense of humanity within the hardship of mm. life you know it mm. wasn't just like either we're all happy bubbly or we're all sad and mean doing crime it's not one way or the other these are complicated people that that have different um sacrifices they have to make you know and i'm glad that um that your character made a a wise choice <laughs> me too i'm i yeah you know i that means a lot man thank you so much yeah it was uh, uh yeah i think any anytime you know a movie like is is making people think about themselves and the world and question things like that's always really exciting for me so i'm, I'm really happy to hear that well, man, thanks for joining, and uh, man, good luck with everything, man. I can't wait to see your next work. Yeah, yeah. Next yeah. time you're in Chicago, let me know. I just moved here. I just got an apartment, so you look me up, man. We'll hit the town. Oh, we'll do. And, and thanks to your mom and my mom for hooking this up together. Yeah. Yo, team mom, baby. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, you know, yeah. It worked out, man. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thank thanks you to very mom. Much, man. <laughs> All right, I know they'll both everybody. be watching. I know they're both going to be watching. So. Yeah, right? There you go. Well, well thanks to the families that support us us yeah. artists doing the crazy things oh, for that we sure. do. As everything. It's everything. <laughs>